everyone and welcome back to Murder, Lies and Everything in Between, a true crime podcast with me, Jess, and my husband, Assi. Hi, guys. Hope you're all good this week. So today, we are going to be covering a case, um, I think it's slightly different to the ones we've covered kind of in the past. Um, so we'll jump straight into today's case. And we the sources I used for today's case is wickedness.net and I watched kind of a couple of documentaries on YouTube. So a couple of them were of like um, court footage. A couple of them were from actual interview footage of kind of when the group was arrested and of kind of things leading up to all these. So that was the sources I used for today's case. So... At 1958, on April the 17th, 2011, 15-year-old Seth Jackson got a text off his ex-girlfriend, 15-year-old Amber Wright. She was saying she wanted to meet up with him so they could talk about potentially getting back together again. But that she wanted her friend Charlie to be there with her because it was dark and she didn't want to walk alone. But not to tell anyone because she wanted them to kind of be sure that they were going to get back together before anyone knew about it. Okay, Seth was with his friends hanging out at the time, one of which was a lad called William Samalot. William said he didn't like the sound of it. There had been a lot of drama going on between them. The reason I'm doing this case slightly differently today is because there's a lot happens in between this. Okay, so I'll go from the disappearance to when it actually happened. So he was hanging out with William Samalot and another girl, and he got this text to basically say, can we get together? Can we talk our relationship out? Ridey, ridey, rah. He said, no, it's not a good idea. You know, you've had a lot of drama going on between you two. There's been a lot of things going on. It sounds really fishy. Something's not right. Seth apparently agreed and said, okay, look, do you know what? I'm not going to go home. I'm just going to go home. I'll sleep on it. I'll sleep on whatever's going on. And then kind of we'll, we'll, I'll think about it tomorrow morning kind of thing. Okay. So he agreed that, I'm not going to go and meet up with Amber. I'm going to go home. Right. So that's what William thought was happening. Seth wasn't planning on going home, though. He was actually going to go and meet up with Amber. Seth was sceptical about meeting up, and he even sent Amber a text message. This You can find all these messages everywhere, by the way. Everything's on the internet about this case, pretty much. Telling her that if he was jumped, she would never see him again. She said, look, you know, nothing's going to happen to you. And they agreed on a place and a time to meet up. The following day, on the 18th of April, William Samalot, Seth's best friend, was trying to get hold of Seth all day. Kind of, he was in and out, texting him, texting him, no replies, couldn't get anything out of him. They were actually planning to meet up at a skate park that day after school. But as I said, he couldn't get hold of him. So when he finished school... He went to try and find Seth. He wasn't at school either. So William decided, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to call Sonia. Sonia is Seth's mum, okay, to find out if she knew where he was. She said she hadn't seen him and she thought that Seth was at William's house. Okay, so she thought they were together. The reason she thought this was because the night before, so the night that Seth went to go and meet Amber, he had texted his mum, well, his mum had texted him, sorry, saying, do you need a lift home? Do you need a lift home from William's house, assuming he was with William? Seth, apparently it was Seth. It wasn't Seth. Seth apparently texted her saying, um, 
something along the lines of um i don't need i don't need a ride bitch or something like that this was really really out of character for seth he never spoke to his mum like that but she thought to herself do you know what he's obviously going through some kind of like teen angst i'll deal with him tomorrow when he's home i'll talk to him tomorrow it's not the right time kind of thing okay so she assumed that he was at William's house, okay? Sonia obviously panicked because she didn't know what was going on. William, what she, what, he wasn't at William's house. Where was her son? He'd been missing basically all night as far as she was concerned. So she thought, okay, do you know what? I'm going to call the police. So she called the police and she reported him as a missing person. The sheriffs, though, weren't worried too much. You know, he's a 15-year-old lad. He could have run away. They weren't worried, so they didn't put out an Amber Alert. I know we spoke about Amber Alerts in the past, haven't yeah. we, briefly? Um, so they didn't put out an Amber Alert about him. But they did ask them if they could access his phone records and a list of all of his friends and like people that he knew so that they could contact them to try and basically just track him down, find out what was going on with him. He might have might have run away, he might not have, but they wanted to make sure what was kind of going on. You know, after all, he was a 15-year-old lad, so he's still legally a child. A detective went over to Amber and Kyle's home to speak to them. Kyle wasn't home, but Amber was home. So Kyle is Amber's um, brother, okay, right. stepbrother, okay? just to give you some relation on what them two are to each other. So Amber said that she saw um, she saw him the night before and they were kind of like chilling outside of her house with a girl called Charlie Eli. Charlie Eli is Amber's best friend, okay? So that's what she said. We were chilling out with Seth the night before for a little bit. She said, though, that he was arguing with his mum over a text message. So... She must have meant that text message that she he sent his mum saying, no, bitch, I don't need a ride. Yeah? yeah? Text we spoke about before. Another officer turned up so that they could speak to the girl separately to see what was actually going on, see if they could speak to him and see if their stories matched up to each other's. Charlie was actually at Amber's house at this point. Okay? So Charlie and Amber were together, but Kyle wasn't there. Charlie was walked away from Amber and was asked, okay, so what happened last night when Seth came over? She repeated pretty much exactly what Amber had said, but she added that she heard when they were all hanging out together outside, they all heard a loud bang and then Seth suddenly ran off. Not only that, that she said that she saw a man nearby. This man happened to be a guy called Michael Bargo. Michael Bargo actually happened to be Amber's new boyfriend. Amber repeated the same story. So when Amber was pulled aside, Amber was repeated the same story as to kind of what was going on. As she said previously, they went back into the house after Seth left. She didn't say anything about a loud bang, Michael Bargo being there, nothing. She didn't right. say anything didn't about that. Anything. Nothing like that, no. So after they'd spoke to them, the officers got back together and they kind of spoke about what was said by either of them. They were like this is weird. Their stories don't match up. Charlie's saying now something different to what Amber's saying. This is saying this wasn't right here. Something's not right. As this was all kind of unre unrevealing to everything, William Samalot turned up at Amber's house. Obviously, he's worrying where his best friend is. So he's like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go and basically ride around on his bike, bless him, and try and find if he can find out what's going on with his best mate. Well, fair enough. That's what friends should do, though, shouldn't it? Of course, yeah. So he turns up to Amber's house. 
but he actually ran into these officers. So he starts kind of speaking to these officers and they actually happen to ask him, so when was the last time you saw Seth? He said, well, we hung out last night with one of our friends, a, a girl. We were hanging out. And when we were hanging out, Amber contacted Seth about meeting up and talking about kind of potentially getting back together about. This is what we spoke about at the beginning, the, the text messages that were going on between them all. The officers left the house and they decided, look, okay, we're going to go and big, dig a little bit deeper at the station. We're going to start looking into social medias. We're going to start, we're going to wait for the phone records. We're going to do all that kind of stuff. So they're the back end work of it. We've spoken to them. We're not really going to get anywhere at the moment. We'll do a bit of, we'll do a little bit of reconnaissance, all right, and find out what's going on between them all. So now, just now, I want to tell you a little bit about Seth, okay, Seth as a person. So Seth Tyler Jackson was born in February the 3rd, 1996, to Scott and Sonia Jackson. He was a baby. He was an absolute baby. He's like eight years younger than me. He was such a baby at this point. Seth was the youngest of three brothers, Scott Jr. and Stephen, who were both older than him. They all lived in Summerfield, Florida, and he was a sophomore at Bellevue High School, where he would later meet Amber Wright, who was the same age as him. Okay, so they were both, I'm pretty sure they were both like 14 when they actually got together. So they got together towards the end of the year. Okay. Seth was just an ordinary teenage boy. His parents described him as friendly, outgoing, funny, and really, really popular with the girls. Apparently, his best mate, William Samalot, said he was like the best wingman. <laughs> like, he was an amazing wingman. Like, if you wanted to hook up with a girl, he was the one that you wanted there kind of thing. A bit like what you're like, babe. I know what you're talking about. Like, your single friends would want you there. Even though you're married, your single friends would want no. you there. <laughs> Not me, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Seth was actually an aspiring MMA fighter and he actually wanted to become an ultimate fighting champion. It's crazy, isn't it? Oh, at least you know what he wanted. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, but he had to be 18 to train for it. So he kind of couldn't go through the official training yet. But he was he was known to be like a really, really good fighter. He was a really good fighter. Um, and he also was kind of like into BMXing and stuff like that. So they would like go BMXing and stuff at the skate park. Okay. There wasn't a lot to do in Summerfield. And from what I could see, there's like a few country clubs, a skate park, a cinema, but it doesn't seem to be a lot to do for kind of like the younger age group. As you can imagine, when there's not a lot to do, people kind of tend to get themselves into trouble, create their own fun and kind of not in the most safest or age-appropriate ways. Yeah, but we've all done that, though, haven't we? Do you know what? We was all young and dumb once, weren't we? Of course we have, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully it doesn't end up like what happens in this case. Seth's best friend, William Samalot, we spoke about before, they would always kind of be with each other. They would always stay at each other's houses. So their parents had no issues kind of with them staying over each other's houses. If one of them wasn't home... The mum would just be like, well, the mum and dad would just be like, oh, well, they're at the other one's house. They would always be at the other one's house. So when they didn't come home for the night, they assume it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, they would assume they would be with the other one. So him not coming home this night wasn't massively like if I didn't come home when I was 15 or if any normal teenager that didn't stay over their friend's house every night, you know, it wasn't something that was out of the ordinary or unknown to them. In 2010, Seth started dating a girl called Amber Wright. Seth's parents 
didn't really like her. They didn't really think much of her. She seemed a bit kind of, she was like any other teenage girl, but she was quite manipulative. And they picked up on this straight away that she was like a manipulative girl. So she wore the trousers in the relationship. Yeah. And from stuff that I can see, and from interview footage, she is a conniving, conniving little girl. I say conniving little girl at this age. She's now way older. She's a bitch. She really is a vile, vile human being. The young ones, you know what I mean? Go watch out for them. And the young men. We only think about one thing at the time as young blokes. Well, going on to that point, yeah. Their relationship was toxic AF. Um, They both smoked weed, which I can't really say anything about at that age. I probably did exactly the same. Um, But they sniffed coke. They were like sniffing and dabbling in coke. And they were frequently having sex. Like they were frequently like, yeah. It's slightly different for us in the UK because the legal age, I know we, I think we've said this before, the legal age of consent in the UK is 16. And um, I know in like the States and some other, it's the ages are totally different. Um, but so, you know, 15, I think in the US seems quite, seems quite young when the legal age of consent is like 18, I think in, in most States. And correct me if I'm wrong there. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Yeah. I know some States it's lower than others. Um, but I know in like Spain, it's lower as well. I think Spain's like 14, right. 13 or 14. That, so. so to me, that is a little bit, bit too young. young. 13, yeah. you know what I mean? 14. Yeah, I remember just, just kind of going on a side note. I remember when I was there for quite a while, staying with a, a family friend. And this girl, she looked like a baby to me. And I remember one of the fully grown men saying to me, oh, yeah, she's nearly 14. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm just waiting until she's 14. She looked like a child's. She is a child. 14 is a child. Or 15 child. is a child as well. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you know, well, yeah. In, in UK, it's 18. Until you're 18, you are yeah. still a kid. So I don't know where the UK got 16. You're legally to have, allowed to have sex. I don't know where they put that number from. I, they plucked it. Exactly. They plucked literally, it. <laughs> 16, you can have sex, but you can't drink or anything like that. 18, so 18. you can drink. What eludes me. But then yeah. America, I know some places are like literally 21. I, again, I don't know how the government got that, that number. <laughs> Some places are lower though. Tell us, tell us in your state if you're in in the US. Tell us what what age it is. I swear to God, if someone tells me like India or somewhere at ten or something, you know (laughs) what I mean. (laughs) I don't agree with it, but then yeah. So according to Amber, they were kind of they were just. It was a typical 15-year-old relationship. I know me and you have spoken about our ex-relationships when we were this age. Um, They would just do each other to wind, do things to wind each other up. They constantly just piss each other off, wind each other up, annoy each other continuously. What's wrong with that now? We're in our 40s. I'm not in my 40s, thank you very much. I am in my early 30s. You are nearly 40. And the rest? (laughs) Early 30s. Fuck it up. You're a bit shy there, aren't you? I'm lower than 35, okay? I'm younger than 35. (laughs) That's what she keeps telling herself, you know what I mean? (laughs) So going back to the point of the case... Um, after just three months, they broke up. Um, this was actually after um, Seth found out that Amber had cheated on him with 18-year-old Michael Bargo. Michael Bargo's name comes back up. The lad that Charlie Eli said was there when there was a loud bang outside. Yep. That's the Michael Bargo that we're going to talk about. Seth was absolutely distraught when she found this out. There was kind of accusations of cheating on both sides of it. 
So I I haven't got much information on it because that that wasn't... There's a lot of gossip. I mean, there were 15-year-old kids. There's a lot of Facebook gossip. They were kids, though, weren't they? Do you know what I mean? Of course someone's (laughs) going to cheat on someone. Someone's going to do the same, you know? Yeah. You sure you ain't talking about my relationship here? Huh? You sure you ain't talking about my relationship here back when I was 15? Oh, when you were 15, (laughs) yeah. You just changed the names over a little bit. It sounds a lot like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was really, really distraught about it, but it was an unhealthy relationship. They both agreed that it was an unhealthy relationship, but he did say that he kind of saw himself spending the rest of his life with her. I know we spoke about this puppy love. It won't last. <laughs> Young love, eh? Yeah. No, we, we say it don't last. Some people, it lasts. You know, yes. You majority know. of the time it doesn't last though. Yeah, majority I'm, of the time. <laughs> I'm sure you got people out there disagreeing with us, going, "No, I've been with my fella for, since I was 12." You know what I mean? <laughs> We've got two lovely kids. You know what? Fair enough. That's yeah, fair thing. play to you if you, you have. Know, if you have and you've made it work all these years, but don't ever tell me you haven't thought about. Oh, I wonder if I've got a rather man or woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did I get married too young? Did I have kids too young? You know what I mean? Because you haven't experienced what else is out there. Oh, not saying I've experienced everything, but you know. Yes. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I won't add to that. <laughs> and I'm, just, and I'm just saying, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I fell in love at a young age, like a young age, it's exactly the same age as the well, your story first now. love. Yeah, you know, my first love, and I thought, oh, there was there was nothing else. And when obviously we broke up after a couple of years, I I was distraught. I didn't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? Until you know, I... this has a lot of mirror images to your relationship yeah. with your ex. Actually, stuff that you've told me over the past of course. It does have a lot of mirror images of yeah. that. And that's what I said. Apart is it, from is murder, it, is, it, is, it based, is it based on my <laughs> no. life? You know? Um. But we've all had that first first love, and obviously, a lot of people would know. Like when you get, you know, when you think you're in love, and you don't think they're the one, and then yeah. you, you know, whatever happens, you break up, or they cheated on you, or you cheated on them. Like you, you distort. Yeah, you know, what I mean, you don't know what to do. You're like, you think the world's crumbling around you, kind of thing. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but you know, you there is more out there. Do you there know is, what I mean? Yeah. But you don't at the time at a young age, you don't you really don't think, think you, that. you don't think that you think, yeah. oh my god, what is this pain I'm going through? You know, mm. um. But when you get older, trust me, guys and girls. It's a different kind of love. <laughs> oh, yes. There's more love out there. Yeah. There's a lot more love. <laughs> After they broke up, there was, I mean, I don't think we have this so much now. It's a very 15-year-old way to go about it. Um, there was a lot of kind of like backwards and forwards on social media. And like yeah. texts, obviously, now we still have. But there was a lot of like backwards and forwards on social media where they just basically just slated the shit out of each other continuously. Um, Amber told kind of everyone that Seth had raped her right. at some point, which is like brutal. Um, and had basically like abused her, had pushed her, punched her, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Seth actually at one point threatened to burn her house down with all of her family in it. So I don't know if that's the normal kind of puppy love we're talking about, but this is a lot of drama going on. Well, I think it's changed as I was 15 then. I know, I? tell me but about it. We didn't have it. social media at that that time in it do you know what i mean um we had like instant messenger and stuff but but no, no but like, so, like social bebo, media yeah but bebo didn't come out till even i was a little bit older so we didn't actually we, we didn't have you a, didn't we didn't i have know because you're a few years older than me you know yeah. and like we had literally phone calls and texts yeah you there did, was no yeah. social media like facebook instagram dial where, up internet yeah <laughs> Where everyone was like slating each other over, yeah. like, and everyone jumped wild in. It used to be if you got a problem with someone, you either text them or you go meet them and go, wait, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's Call like, their home phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it's, oh, it's so and so there, please. You know what I mean? Because their mum or dad's picked up. And yeah. then you start sl- screaming at them when they get on the phone. You know what I mean? 
yeah, it's not how it is now where, like, everyone, well, I say everyone, like, people are keyboard warriors. I can't stand them. Do you know what I mean? I'd be on their keyboards. Like, yeah. Keyboard warriors say this, but they don't say nothing in front of your face or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Well, you all love some of these messages then. So I've got some of these messages. Um, they are hard. I'm not going to lie. I'll warn you now. They're really hard to read because the spelling is absolutely fucking shocking. Like, another level of shocking you, so, you just can't decode the short texts that kids write no, these days they're like when they spell you yeah they spell y u u oh my god really you like you <laughs> yeah some of the spelling's shocking so one message seth put on facebook hello everybody my name is amber Wright. And I spoke meth every day. I love the stuff. It makes me jizz in my pants. AKA, I'm a <laughs> slut. <laughs> you sure that's something that told her phone, stole her phone and written that? No, that's, that's what... What... That's something I would write if I stole my mate's phone. <laughs> that's what Seth put on one of it. Yeah, that's one of the... And this is all on, like, their walls and stuff. Yeah. So Seth wasn't known to be like a big social media person, but during this period, this is when he was really active and like they were constantly messages, like constantly commenting on each other's statuses and stuff. So, but he wasn't big into social media before this point. This is what the investigators found as well. Right. So the investigators saw all this stuff because this was in front of everybody. Like people could see this shit going on and like people were commenting and like, Adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, but it's a bit funny. like what you would do. I'm not funny. We all do that. If Be like, mate... get your popcorn out. Yeah, if your mate wrote something, yeah, of course you, of course you can stir yeah. shit. No, I do it all the time to my guys. You know what I mean? Just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, some of these messages are like some of them. I can't, haven't got all because there's way too many. There's hundreds of them. Um, one of them is he does. They continuously use a racist slur. I'm not going to use that racist slur, but it's the M word. You can all figure out what that word is. Yeah. Um. Seth put ha ha ha. This bitch is as dumb, is a dumb fuck as bro. He can't fight my mm. I bet your son can whip his pussy ass. Amber put see just like I said with t- said is two s's by the way s s a i d. Seth, stop being childish. And how the fuck did I cheat on you? You? Why you, you? The whole time when I was pretty much lived with you when we were together. I was with you 24 fucking sevens to stop talking shit. That's all you know how to do is get drama side. And how am I a hoe? What? Because I dumped you. I got fed up with you throwing me into walls. I was tired of you calling me a cunt and a whore every day. I got tired of you treating me like I was nothing and you're so fucking perfect. Why do you get over the jealousy you have and get yourself a new girl? You can fucking hurt because I'm sure enough done. Oh, and the about the cheating thing, you're the one that fucking cheated on me with that gill. I'm assuming she meant girl the whole time and didn't say anything till hmm, three fucking months later. You know, I fucking care deeply about you. I stuck with you through a lot of shit, but now you want to sit here and trash talk me to people, people is by the way PPL, um, that don't know me, and the funny thing is you know I'm not a fucking hoe, but you continuously have something new to say about me Amber put after, straight after this but it's all good, run your mouth all you want 
because because it's spelled BC, by the way. <laughs> Some of this spelling, this decoding is shockingly bad. I know I'm 10 times better than you. It takes a real man to accept the fact that he got broke up with. But it's obvious here, here that you're not being a man in this situation. You're being a little kid about it. And I'm not talking shit. I'm talking the truth. And you know it's just as much as I do. Seth. Amber, if you would go back and read some of those some of the shit I wrote, I said I was done with you and you should be done with me. That's just a little glimpse of some of the messages that were said between them. So that obviously went back and forth, back and forth. Continuously. Forth. For the there whole was world shit, to see. Yeah, there was there was way more to be said. Like that whole thing about like Seth saying, I am a whore, and all this kind of shit. People were like going. Well, how is she a whore? How some other people were like, yeah, that's right, Seth. Like proper, like throwing in. I think we could have just made a story just by reading the messages from there. There were so many of them. Yeah, and putting our points in there as well. I think the funniest one was by far that message. I am a slut. (laughs) That was a funny message. I thought to myself, do you know what? I could that would be something that he would put. (laughs) You honestly would. I don't stir no pot. That was something you would say. So, during all these kind of dramas, Seth and Michael, Amber's new boyfriend, were kind of, like, braiding each other into, like, kind of getting into a fight. Remember, Michael is 18, so he's three years older than him. He's actually finished school, so he's not even in high school anymore. So he's going out with a minor? Yeah, he's going out with a 15-year-old, yeah. And it's not like they give a shit. They're going around doing drugs and having guns and shit. So it's not like they give a shit about laws. Um, One night, they actually happened to meet at a house party shit hit the fan and they got into a fight despite seth being only 15 and michael being 18 seth beat the living shit out of michael obviously michael's ego got completely bruised from this because this was done in front of everyone at the party this was enough to get the idea into michael's head that he needed to do something about this okay seth also had drama with amber's stepbrother kyle hooper so kyle hooper used to be his friend he used to be friends with seth at one point he they did used to be friends and kyle did used to go over to seth's house so they knew each other when they were going out when amber and seth were going out he at the time was dating a girl called Alyssa, and seth had actually slept with Alyssa after him and amber broke up so as you can imagine carl was pissed about this because he's he shagged his his girlfriend basically this pissed him off, and they were meant to be friends. So he basically threatened to kill him. <laughs> threatened to kill him because he shagged his girlfriend. Also, as we kind of spoke about previously, Seth threatened to burn the house down with all the family inside. He was obviously inside of this house, so he threatened to burn the house down with Kyle and Amber inside the house. So as you can imagine, this pissed Kyle off even more at this point. On another occasion, Michael and Kyle asked Seth and William to meet at Charlie's mobile home so that they could get into a fight. Charlie, Amber's best friend. Right. Okay. Charlie was 18. Charlie had also left school. Charlie had her own mobile home. So she lived on her own. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, They kind of asked to be meet up for a fight. When Seth and William got near, they heard gunshots coming from the house that Kyle and Michael were at. So they turned the car around and kind of, got away and tried to kind of escape they actually found out later that this was michael shooting at them right okay so they made a lucky escape to get away 
one night while Amber and Michael were at James Haven's house, James Haven is um, Amber and Kyle's ex-stepdad. So he used to date um, Kyle and Amber's mum. Right. Okay? Randomly. I don't know why he's hanging out with fucking teenagers. That is a bit weird. It's a really fucking weird. Yes. But they were at James Haven's house, okay, with a few other people. They didn't spe- specify who these other people were. But Michael was said to have started kind of stating, quote, we need to kill Seth Jackson. Nobody likes him. We need to kill him. After kind of like some initial hesitation, hopefully some initial hesitation from everybody there, um, everyone there agreed and they started to make a plan to kill Seth. Supposedly, Amber was going to lure Seth to Charlie Eli's house where the group would then shoot and torture him. I know, yeah. Your eye flutter just said that all then. According to Amber, the people in the house thought Michael was only taking the piss, he was only joking, but it seems became clear that he was deadly serious. Okay, he was deadly serious about this is what he wanted to do. Just a week before the events of the 17th of April, Michael Barlow set, Bargo said to Seth, quote, I have a bullet with your name on. A week before. Right. Okay. The initial plan for the attack was that Justin Soto, I'm sorry if I keep adding names into this, but there's people that I can't add in because they randomly pop up. Okay. So Justin Soto, he just rented a room in Charlie's home. So he was just a housemate of Charlie's. Okay. He just happened to be there that night. Okay. Um, The initial plan was that Justin was supposed to hit Seth over the head with a piece of wood when he got there. Kyle would jump on him and then Michael would shoot him. So that was the initial plan, okay? Very dramatic, isn't it? Yeah. Very dramatic. Hit him a piece yeah. of wood, then jump on him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Why don't they just shoot him? Or just not fucking kill anybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? It's like, plan, we're gonna, when he comes in, we're going to knock him out with a two by four <laughs> and then we're going to ride him, <laughs> straddle him like a horse and then you're going to shoot him. That's what he <laughs> yeah. sounds like to me. Doesn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, it's a very melodramatic plan, isn't you just it? Just shoot him. Just go and done with yeah. bang. No need to shroud him. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I know where you're coming from. So the following events is what actually went down that night. So this is actually what happened that night. Okay. From like evidence, people finally admitting it, all this kind of stuff. So this is actually what happened. So after Seth, Amber and Charlie met up, they met up outside. They made an excuse to go back to Charlie's house. Okay, I'm not sure what this excuse was, but they made an excuse to go back into Charlie's house to get Seth into her mobile home. Right. Amber, though, was meant to text all the lads to let them know that they were on their way so they could prepare for Seth to come to the home. But she didn't. We don't know why she didn't text them. So Justin wasn't actually ready when they arrived. So as you remember, Justin was meant to hit Seth over the head. With a piece of two by four. But! Yeah. <laughs> Wait for this tape with a piece of wood in the well, we've got built in cupboards in now, yeah. That's what I'll do, hide in that cupboard, don't you? Be like, yeah, I'm ready now, motherfucker. You ready to jump out and ride him? When I... <laughs> that's all I can imagine. That's how this story's going, by the way. And then you've got a third person ready to shoot him. Right, Fucking <laughs> but these people are young, so these people are young. <laughs> so <laughs> really hard to focus now 
So when they got back to the mobile home, because she didn't text <coughs> them, they weren't ready and Justin wasn't ready. <laughs> something that night it's all i can imagine like, they were right. they were on they were something, like yeah. drawing up this plan and it's like yeah you hide in a cupboard yeah. <laughs> with a stick <laughs> oh we ain't got no wood we have to use a stick i got a wooden spoon <laughs> and <bam! laughs> and then the second year, i'm gonna bust out shred of him with the horse <laughs> michael and kyle <laughs> hid in the bedroom waiting for to make their move okay so but when seth entered the living room justin got cold feet okay so he walked into the building justin got cold feet they panicked okay because their plan wasn't working out their master plan wasn't working out okay left my stick in the cupboard yeah (laughs) (laughs) this forced kyle to be the one to attack first so kyle was the one to attack instead of just jumping on on Seth, he was the one that had to attack Seth first. Okay, and he hit. Don't laugh at this. He hit him over the head with a length of wood. So he stole the wood of his mate. Yeah, he, yeah. Okay. See, Seth. Seth wasn't. He was a bit blinded by this, oh. but he realised what was going on. What was going on, and kind of what he walked into, and he tried to run out of the mobile home. Right. Michael shot Seth twice in the back. As he was trying to escape, he even made it to the outside road before Justin jumped on him, tackled him to the floor, and Michael caught up with him. Right. Justin tackled him to the ground, as I said, and Michael shot him in the back of the head. Seth didn't die from this, though. He was still alive. We don't know why he didn't die. I'm, I, I, can't, I'm, I couldn't find if it was like a tutu or anything like right, that okay. because I know they aren't always deadly when no. they're shot in the heads because yeah. they're so small. Um, so, yeah, we're not sure why, but he was still alive. Um, Seth was dragged back into the house where they put him into the bath so Michael could do with what he wanted to him in one space. Michael ordered that Seth be left alive so, in his words, he would know who was killing him. Right. Justin, Kyle... Amber and Charlie then cleaned the entire house with bleach to get rid of all the blood because obviously they dragged him bleeding through the home. Meanwhile, in the bathroom, Michael started beating the absolute shit out of Seth, screaming at him and shouting at him. Michael wasn't done, though. He then smashed his kneecaps, both of his kneecaps, and he pulled out every one of his teeth one by one with pliers. That's brutal. While he continued to shoot him, we he was dead. Seth was now dead after this. At least he was dead. Okay, he he wasn't suffering through this anymore. Right. Um, but now their plan had to come into place on how they were going to get rid of Seth's body. As I said, we aren't sure if Seth was alive when he was kneecapped or when his teeth were pulled out. Hopefully, for his sake, he was dead. Hopefully, he was already dead. They then dismembered him and put his body into a sleeping bag. They'd already planned that that's what they were going to do. They were going to put him into a sleeping bag. They already had this sleeping bag 
ready. Right, okay. They put him into this sleeping bag and they put him onto a bonfire outside the building that they'd had kind of burning all day to get hot enough. They knew that it was premeditated. They knew. So they got this fire hot and hot and hot enough to be able to burn a body. Then all night the fire was tended to while the group drank and partied around Seth's burning body on a bonfire. Neighbours even saw this massive fire and come out and kind of like question what was going on. But Charlie just fobbed them off and said, oh, you know, I'm just letting loose. My husband was sent to prison and kind of, she's married, by the way. Yeah. 18-year-old yeah. girl living on her own, but she's married to a guy who's in prison. Right. Okay. All right. Class act, these people are. Afterwards, they put his remaining body parts into five-gallon paint buckets Michael, Justin and James drove them all to a lime rock quarry where um, some of the lads used to go swimming and they threw his remains over their edge, tied down with bricks. James then drove... So James, remember, that's Kyle and Amber's ex-stepdad. Yeah. Um, he drove Michael away so he could get him hid out, so he could get him away from kind of the, the scenario. The following day, Seth's disappearance made local news. This was obviously after Sonia had reported him missing. All that kind of jazz started happening. While Kyle and Tracy, Tracy is Kyle and Amber's mum. Right. Okay, yep. so they were all watching TV. Kyle actually admitted to his mum that he knew Seth was dead and that he was actually involved in it. So he broke immediately. This guy had no constitution. He was not planning on keeping this shit a secret. He broke literally the next day when he was sat with his mum. Okay. This prompted her to immediately, obviously, call the police. Tracy immediately took Kyle and Amber to the police station where he was interviewed straight away by Detective Ron Straup. His mum was in the room during this interview. He told her, obviously, you remember Kyle's not 18 yet either. I think he's like 16 or 17. So still so a minor then, yeah. He's still a minor, so yeah. parents still got to be present, yeah. He told her that Amber had asked Seth to come to Charlie's house so that she could speak to him. And when Seth showed up, Michael shot him and he was now dead. So that's what he told the detective. Amber was then interviewed and she said the same thing to what Kyle did, but that she was an innocent bystander, in quotes. Detective Strapp didn't buy this one little bit. Amber said that she and Charlie locked themselves in the bathroom and Michael apparently threatened to hurt them both if they did anything. Kyle, while in a room with his mum, says, remember, that these rooms are all recorded. They're all CCTV. I don't know why these people think they're not going to be recorded in a fucking police station. Yeah. All of this stuff is recorded and you can see this stuff on the internet. You can see it all on YouTube. Um, He says to his mum, quote... Both your kids are in for murder. What we told you wasn't what happened. It was planned. He goes on to say that they took my phone. James is on it too. So James is um his mum's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, James is on it too. He has now implicated his ex-stepdad, who they didn't even know was involved at this point. So he's just gone, oh, I'm just going to throw you under the fucking bus as well. I thought he'd thrown everyone under the bus. Yeah, and she was like, what? Why is, he, who, why is he involved kind of thing? How is he involved in this? Kyle, they obviously see all this. Kyle's then pulled back in for a one-to-one interview without his mum present with Rhonda Straup. And she lays it down for him and basically tells him, quote, everything out of your little mouth better be 100% truth. 
Kyle then tells her absolutely everything about what happened. The actual truth. Right. He tells her everything. Basically, what we've already gone over actually mm-hmm. happened. Charlie, at this point, was picked up and she was interviewed as well. Amber, Charlie and Kyle were all put into a room together, which, of course, has CCTV, the same room that Amber and Kyle's mum was sat in with Carl when he's made this admission that his ex-stepdad's involved in it as well. While in the room, they basically spilled all the beans. They said what really happened that night, unaware that they were being recorded and watched. They admitted who um, that Michael had killed Seth. They admitted that they were all kind of they all lured him on that night with the plan for Michael to actually kill him. So they've just insinuated that it's completely premeditated on recording that they're all the ones that lured him, knowing that Michael was going to kill him that night. Kyle says we didn't kill an innocent man. He wasn't innocent. He threatened to burn my fucking house down with my family in it. This is how he's justifying it to himself, that he's justified in doing it. We've gone all through this in the past, though. What we say and what we do are two different things. Totally different, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't warrant you killing a killing a man. 15-year-old boy. You know, he might have said it to you that in anger. Yeah, maybe we should have said, but we've all gone said or, you know, things in the past where we go, we're going to do this, but we don't actually do it. You know, no, it's of just, course, yeah. just spare at the moment thing. I know obviously it, he, he can't be taken back and some people do, like, take it the the wrong way and everything like that. But to go, go, I'm going to go kill that person because what he said is a bit, it's a bit yeah. extreme. It's totally you know extreme, I mean? Now he'd be yeah. burned down the house with his family in it and everything like or that. Or even attempted, yeah. And then, yeah, maybe... Like, can maybe, I understand it a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, this bit of justification, you know mm. what I mean? But he just threatened to burn down your house, you know yeah. what I mean? But I suppose everyone takes threats a little bit differently. Obviously, yeah. Uh, they also decided not only to incriminate their ex-stepdad... They then incriminated Justin Soto, the resident at Charlie's house. Um, he wasn't; they weren't even aware of his involvement at this point. They didn't even know he was anything to do with this. Right. So then they picked him up as <laughs> well. So all of them have been picked up at this point. Um, so I'm going to go over a few quotes that were said in this. This I can't even say it's an in, in interview because it's not an interview. It's when these three morons are all in a room together being recorded. So Amber says to Kyle, quote, what did you tell them? He says everything. They knew we were lying. Amber says, do you know how many fucking people are going to hate us for this? People who don't even know us will be looking for us if we get out, if we get out of this. Kyle says, well, why? And she says, because there's a 15-year-old kid murdered because of us. There's a lot more shit that's said, but there's no point. You've got a general gist of what they're admitting what they've done. Yeah, got, yeah. It's all on audio. It's all seen for everyone to kind of see how guilty they are. After a few minutes of kind of them watching it, Rhonda Straub enters the room asking for um, Amber's T-shirt that she was wearing the night before. Um, and at this point, Carl asks her, quote, can you tell us what's going to happen to us? She says, yes, in a minute. I just need her clothes. Rhonda leaves the room. She comes back in and says, okay, quote, this is the story. You're an adult, correct? Pointing at Charlie, who's 18. Juvenile, juvenile, correct? Am I right? Pointing at Amber and Kyle, because obviously they're under 18. Yeah. You're all going to be booked with first degree premeditated murder. You two will go to juvenile assessment centre and you will go to Marion County Jail. Fucking mic drop. <laughs> Absolute fucking mic drop. 
these absolute douchebags thought that they were going to get away with this shit, saying, oh, Michael did this, Michael did this, we're nothing to do with it. You fucking knew about it. You lured that poor 15-year-old fucking lad to his murder and helped clean up his crime scene and then helped fucking kill, helped get rid of his body. Yeah, everything to do with it. Everything yeah. to fucking... You were complicit in fucking everything yeah, to do yeah. with that fucking murder. You might not pulled the trigger and done all the but other you things. you were just as fucking bad. You still bad, yeah, yeah. 100% just as bad. Um, Amber says, for how long? Rhonda takes a deep breath and says... Quote, look, take a deep breath. You'll have no bond. You won't be getting out. <laughs> she says a couple of other little bits into this. Um, Amber then pipes up and says, how many years? And she goes, oh, honey, this is not. Listen to me. Take a deep breath. <laughs> she genuinely is like, oh, well, how many years am I going to do? Like it was a casual thing, like it's gonna be a not, couple of weekends. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, oh, yeah. It's fine. Just spend a fucking weekend in there. Yeah. It's fine. Not a problem. So there's kind of a couple of backwards and forwards between them all. Um, Charlie at one point says says to Rhonda Straub, "But I didn't even do anything. I didn't even do anything." And she went, "Oh, stop fucking lying to me. We've listened to everything you've got to say. Stop lying. Just stop." And she goes, "I'm not lying." And she went, "Stop." Just stop lying to me. And then she points to Kyle and goes, but one thing I will say to you, sir, I have a lot of admiration for you because at least you told the truth. (laughs) After this kind of backwards and forwards between them, they were left alone for the last time. They were left alone for the last time before they were being booked. And Amber says, this is our life now. If I get five years, I'll be out by the time I'm, I'll be 20 by the time I get out. I'm going to get my ass beaten in there and I'm going to be like fresh meat. <laughs> Take your piss of wood with you. Five years. Five years. Is that what you got? If I, no. Oh, if, say. if I get five years, I'll be 20 by the time I get out. Yeah, oh, bitch, you think you're getting five fucking years for this? Yeah, you're getting no five years. You, what planet are you living on? You're getting five years. Do they state how many years that she actually get, or they all get? I'll tell you in a minute. Right. Yeah, I have got that information. Oh, okay. Um, so Michael Bargo was taken. So he was, remember, he was taken away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bargo was taken, um, taken by James Williams Sr. to hand himself in. <laughs> so... I know we've said Amber and and Michael are together. Yeah. <laughs> Michael is dating another girl called Kristen. <laughs> that okay? Right. And Michael has actually been taken to Kristen's dad's house to hide out. Right. This was the house, as I said, he was taken to hide out at. The homeowners had no fucking idea what he had done. But when they did... For- Michael couldn't keep his mouth shut. Michael told them everything. Basically said, yeah, I've killed a 15-year-old kid pretty much. Um, When they found out, they were like, now we're not fucking having you here. So they basically dropped him out of the house (laughs) and basically drove him to the police station and was like, you're handing yourself in. Why would you say anything? Because he's a fucking... Well, first of all, he said... um, 
oh, my little sister or something. He was saying Amber was his little sister. Mm. My little sister has been raped by this lad and I basically killed him in self-defense. Right, okay. And then his story changed. It was, oh, he did this and I shot him and da 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 So his story changed a few times. So, but he, this dad was just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not having you in my house kind of thing. He thought he was trying to do him a favour and then he realised actually he's basically, he's covering for a murderer pretty yeah. much. So he was taken straight to the police station and he was immediately charged with first-degree murder. So these are the sentences that everyone got. I won't bother going through the trial because there is... um, There's podcasts out there that cover this case that go through the trial. There's a lot of them, actually. There's one that I've been listening to. I think they're called, like, The Prosecutors. And they are lawyers. Right. And they're really fucking good. Um, and they go through proper trial stuff because they're lawyers. They know it all. Um, and it's really, really good. So if you actually want to know about all like the evidence and all that kind of shit, you can go on to their podcast and find it. There is other podcasts that cover all the evidence, but we know that he did it. There's no point me covering it all. There was plethoras of evidence. They found his body. Yeah. They found his body tied down. Everyone ended up admitting it at the end. So sentences. Amber Wright was sentenced to life in prison, not just five years. She was sentenced to life in prison. I bet she was well guarded when she found that out. Her heart just yeah. dropped, didn't it? Gonna... Fresh meat. Um, she'll be eligible for parole after 40 years. She is serving her time in Homestead Correctional Facility. Kyle Hooper, her stepbrother. Sorry, 55 years before you, she'll get to, before she even gets a parole. She'll be 55. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, like... 55. <laughs> All your life, near enough, in prison. That shocked you then, didn't it? Yeah, 55 years. 15. 55 years old she will be. If she gets paroled. That's if she gets paroled at 55, yeah. Yeah. But what a lot of people have said, there's a documentary with, um, it's like, I think it's called like Killer Women with Piers Morgan. Right. And the, I can't find it. They've not shown it in the UK anymore. I've tried finding it. It's on Prime, but you can't view it. It says it's unavailable. Right. And they do, he does a two-part episode with her. So if you're not in the UK, you can probably find it. It's not available in the UK now. I've tried looking on our sky and stuff and I can't find it anywhere. It, it's not available for us, um, unfortunately. Um, but you can have a look at it. And he, do, he does an interview with Amber Wright in prison. And from what I've heard about it, she is a conniving, manipulative bitch in it. So like You can tell. So she hasn't changed at all no, then? No, not in mean? the fucking slightest, no. Probably, it's probably made her into just a better manipulative person, to be yeah, honest. Um, Kyle Hooper, her stepbrother, as I said, he was sentenced to life in prison as well. He will also be eligible for parole after 40 years. He is being held at Marion Correctional Facility. Charlie Eli was sentenced to life in prison originally without parole. She was 18, remember. Um, she was represented by Jose Baez. He, if if you're a big, big true crime buff and you follow the Casey Anthony's case, I am actually covering Casey Anthony. Um, I'm hoping to do her next week. Um, she, him, He was actually Casey Anthony's lawyer. He represented her as well. Um, after she was sentenced to life, life in prison without parole, 
Charlie actually pleaded guilty to second degree murder and she actually got a lesser sentence and she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Right, okay. okay. She served nine years in prison and she's actually released now. Okay, you remember this was in 2011. So she's right. now released. So she is out of prison now. Um, Justice Soto, he pleaded, um, he took a plea for life in prison to avoid the death penalty because he was also over 18. I think he was like 20. Um he is serving his sentence at Columbia Correctional Facility. Um, James Havens, the stepdad, well, ex-stepdad, um, he pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact. He testified at Michael's trial and said that he actually was there the night that they were planning to kill Seth, which we already know. Um, but he left because he was feeling uncomfortable. He was found to be incompetent to stand trial in September of 2012. Right. I can't find anything after that. I don't know if he was ever found competent and he was retried or anything. I'm not sure, but they found him incompetent to stand trial. Um, Michael Bargo was sentenced to death twice. Twice he was sentenced to death. So how the fuck does someone get sentenced to death twice? I'll tell you how someone gets sentenced to death twice. So he had to be retried after being sentenced to death. He had to be retried because there was like a new law that came into place, which meant that the death sentence could only be imposed on someone when there was a unanimous verdict on the death penalty. Right. The first time he was tried, there wasn't a unanimous. Okay. So he had to be retried to get a unanimous so he could get the death penalty. Um, he did get the death penalty. He was sentenced to death for the second time. Um, um, Bargo became the youngest inmate on Florida's death row. He is one of eight people from Marion County currently on death row and statewide a total of 340. He is setting, um, He is currently sitting in Union Correctional Facility, which is a maximum security prison um, until his death sentence is completed. Um, that Union Correctional Facility is mainly for people for with that is specialised in people that are on death row. Um, and since 1979, 99 people have been executed by the state of Florida. That's I know we've gone over it before about um, Florida death sentences and stuff. They're they're quite hard yeah, <laughs> in yeah, Florida. Um, so 99 people have been executed by the state. Three of those coming from Marion County. On average, Florida's death row inmates have been 44.9 years old at the time of their execution. And fun fact, their average age when committed, the offence was 27. So statistic that most of the people have been 27 when committing the, the crimes that have got them there for the death sentence. So that's today's, well, that's this week's case. What do you think of it, babe? It was fucking brutal, wasn't it? Like... It's a bit dramatic. People like, like kids. It's, it's a bit dramatic, all because they broke up and they started slating on, you know. So and the lad got his ego hurt. Yeah, and... so he thought he'd kill, he'd kill him. You know, I thought it was the funniest plan I've ever heard in my life. It's madness, isn't it? It's yeah, you know, but it's just it's weird, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I thought you'd quite enjoy this case. It's I a bit did. Of a I did. One. I... I know you quite enjoy these kind of weird, odd cases. Well, I found it more funny to myself. <clears throat> just yeah, just it's... not good, is it though? Like fucking melodrama drama going on with yeah, them all. But that's what like... it is all this day, all this day and age now. Do you know what I mean? Like people put things on social media. Somebody else wails in or weighs in, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's the way it is, you know. Everyone's got an opinion and something to say, ain't they? About yeah. you know, well, oh, she's a bitch, he's a dickhead, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why you shouldn't put things on social media. That's if you it. don't want the whole world to see. Yeah. But then, do people do that because they want that attention drama? Like I've seen, I I know a few people who do that now. They put, yeah, they, they post Facebook. They put everything on Facebook, whether it's good, bad, and then when. People start weighing in, you know. Yeah, I know. You know, and then they delete the post. And it's like, well, why put it on there for the whole world yeah. to see? Because you want someone to make a comment. You want people to know. And I think that's... They're the drama queens. Yeah. It's a lot know. of Facebook drama. I'll be honest with you. I can't be arsed with that bullshit Facebook drama. I mean, I don't. I, the only things I really post on Facebook is stuff to do with the podcast. And I don't really post much else, to be honest. So... I can't stand the people who post everything on Facebook. Yeah. I'm washing my dog. I'm having a shower. <laughs> I, we don't care. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Sorry for yeah. people. You do do it. And that's fine. It's your own Facebook. It's your God-given right. But I don't have to keep reading yeah. it. You know, and it's just like, why do you need to put everything on Facebook? Know, on Facebook. Yeah, I know. You know, for the whole world to see. That's it. Well, hope you all enjoyed that case as much as you could this week. Um, next week, I'm hoping to do the Casey Anthony case. It, it depends how long it takes to research and how much I've got to go through. It might have to be postponed for another week. But thank you all for listening. Um, we have actually started a Patreon. Um, and what I'll do is I'll post the link in the show notes so you can take a look at it and see what you think. You don't have to, don't have to go on to it, not have to, no obligation at all. But... We would um, love the support, non-monetary and monetary. Everything helps. So thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.